What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the lockout after your summer break. Ali looks like he's come straight out of the oven. He's got a few layers of tan. <laughs> and uh, the rest of us look like we've been living under a rock. Yeah, it's pretty much what Sydney is at the moment. So It is, you know. yeah. It's literally raining as we speak. Yep. Um, but how was Europe, mate? Mate, first of all, great to be back. I've missed the couch. Yeah. Um, it's been a bit of couch surfing going on the last sort of few weeks. Yeah, yeah. a few few changes. We've, We've tried to keep it warm for you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's and uh, uh, a lot of the listeners probably don't know, but um, Ale and Daniela are actually good mates from... High school? High school, yeah, that's yep. correct. Yeah, you go way back. Yeah, so we're pretty much the same person. Mm. Yeah, both Ferrari fans. Yep. Both drive the same car, same school. Yep. Yeah. What are they, both Renaults? Yeah, yep, both yep. Renaults, both from Concord. Yeah. <laughs> right, so we're pretty much, it's a two-man pod today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be a lot of bias in this one. Yeah, okay. Yep. I'll have to stay strong in my opinions, I guess. <laughs> the Ferrari podcast <laughs> is back. <up> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The red, the red pillows are on the couch, we're ready to go. <laughs> But um, you got any stories for us? I know you sort of, you know, were watching all the races while you're over there, just yeah. like I was. It was, um, firstly, it was good to watch the races at a decent time. Like, it was nice to have lunch while the races were on. Jealous and, yeah. of that. And several beers. <laughs> um, I guess the biggest, I mean, F1-related story, I'll, I'll say on the pod, I'll keep the uh, the other adventures off, off, off mic. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing that really stood out for me was uh, I was in London uh, watching... I forget which race it was, to be fair. Um, they, they're all kind of depressing as a Ferrari fan at the end. Um, yeah. But what really stood out to me was how much the British people don't like George Russell. Really? Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. I'm right. not sure if it was the particular area I was in, and it could be, you know, region specific or whatever, but. What um, sort of area were you in? Like the sort of Povo area of the <laughs> UK? Or? Well, because like, you know we all know George Russell comes from the prestigious sort of Cambridge yeah, world, and I think mm. it's I think that's what it is that they don't like him. Uh, the reason why they don't like him that he's just not that relatable guy. Right. He's he's come from a silver spoon, and mm. and I guess your everyday punter has nothing in common with him other than they like watching the sport and he's in it. And how do you feel about him, Ali? He's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> really? He's just, yeah, he's just he's. I f- love the bloke. I think he's a great character. He's a nice guy. He deserves that Mercedes seat and I don't see anything wrong with him personally. Oh, don't get me wrong. He's a good driver. He's, I can't take that away from him and he definitely does deserve to be where he is but he's just like got the face of a frog and he's got like really long <laughs> legs attached to a frog's head. Right. And it's a bit like that frog dog that's been yeah. going around. <laughs> and I don't know, he's just... I can't relate to him either because yeah. I'm I'm poor as shit too. So, <laughs> like, yeah. it just everything he says just sounds like it's come from a, a silver spoon mouth, and right. yeah, I don't like him. Yeah. I, I find that so surprising that the British people don't get behind him because you know you look at Sky Sports and and Lewis Hamilton, and it just seems like you know they just obviously froth. Yeah, if, the they're, British not, if they're not talking about Lewis, they're talking about George. If they're not talking about George, they're talking about Lando, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in that particular pub that I was in. Um, you know, you had your Lewis fans, your Max fans, you had a few Lando fans, some really sad Ferrari fans, um, <laughs> but no one there was like, go on, George. Yeah. Mm. Like, let's see what George can do today. Unsurprisingly, yeah. I agree with Arlo. Um, <laughs> okay. But I think it's funny. Two George haters on the couch. George hater for sure. Yeah. Not I'm, surprising. I'm on that bandwagon. Same person. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. So you might as well just reverb this. But it's funny you mentioned Sky Sports and that's like part of the reason I really dislike George because they are so on him on every mm. single little thing that he does like he could qualify 
well, I mean, he was qualifying fantastically well in a Williams. But on, like, it, on him in a good way or a bad way? No, nah, like like in a good way. Like this right. guy's shit doesn't smell. Like, yeah. They, right. they think he's the they greatest thing him. since sliced yeah. bread. They keep and, polishing that turd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, great. You've, you've, you perform well. You drive fantastically well. But they elevate him to the point where they're like, they think he's better than Hamilton. And he's just not. Mm. No. And he never will be. Well, he was for most of this season. Yeah, yeah, it's a long when, season. When Hamilton <laughs> was playing test driver for Mercedes in the first few races, yeah. And I'm yeah. not a Hamilton fanboy. Let's remember that too. Mm. Like Facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just not for me. He's not my guy. Fair enough. Well, let's not get too distracted. We're, we're mm. diving deep early on. We've mm. got a talk. We've, you know, we've got a triple header coming up, which is huge. Yeah. Um, Ale told me, I didn't even realise this, but we've got a triple header and then we've basically got another summer break. Yeah, so um, we've got three races back to back to back and mm. then um, obviously the Russian Grand Prix has been cancelled. Um, so there was, a, I think it's another three weeks after our three races now, we've mm. got nothing. So Schoolies round two. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. You're going back to Europe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might. <laughs> I actually want to bring, I forgot to bring this up last time, um, the week that I got back from Europe, but funny story. So um, back in Miami when I went there and got that ticket from... Carol, mm. um, one of my roommates that I met in my hostel, this German guy, mm-hmm. a really nice guy. We ended up hanging out heaps. He's not a Formula One fan, but really nice guy. And I was in Norway climbing up this mountain in this like rogue island off the top of Norway, like literally middle of fucking nowhere. Mm. And I run into him. <laughs> what the hell? Literally <laughs> the top of this mountain. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, bro. Is he How's following you or like what's the go? I was just like, no, he wasn't. Well, I hope he wasn't following, but <laughs> fuck, the, the chances of that happening, I thought, were like one in a billion. Yeah. Like yeah. On top of a mountain. He was just looking for good reception to listen to the pod. Exactly. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, he's, a, he's a big yeah. fan. Yeah, he's probably here now, hiding somewhere in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, and obviously, the drivers have probably been enjoying the summer break after a pretty, you know, extensive first half of the season. Mm. Yeah. Um, what sort of... Did you guys hear about much going on? Yeah, I mean, the they, live, they live the life, don't they? They just... Yeah. You know, they got the best job in the world and then they get three, four weeks off to just enjoy the European and American summer. Mm. I mean, yeah, so and they just, they do the most ridiculous things, right? Oh, like, yeah. it's so lavish, it's so luxe, like, yeah. just like, I saw photos of, I think it was Charles, yeah. just bought a new, like, yacht and he was taking around Monaco, yeah. like, scuba diving and f- flashing this, this big fuck off watch in the water and I was yeah. just like, oh, come on, man, like, <laughs> yeah. It's cool to see because um, Charles has finally got TikTok and Instagram. Obviously, <laughs> he probably didn't make the account himself. He's got seems like he's got some sort of new PR team. Yeah, mm. he's doing some vlogs as well now. But he's doing yeah. vlogs. And his vlog was pretty to, cool. Mm. Yeah. yeah, he's trying to salvage some a bit of his reputation at least. Yeah, um, but it's cool. I see he plays padel, which is a sort of a fan favorite sport here at. Um, Oh, I yesterday. am. I am mm. a big fan of paddle. I play that quite a bit as well. And yeah. it's it's addictive. Once it's you get fun. started, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's good to see. Yeah. A little insight into their lives. I guess all the drivers are sort of starting to. Ricardo was one of the first to sort of do his vlogs and stuff. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah. Carlos has been doing them as, as well, pretty consistently. Yeah. yeah. They just yeah. What a life they live. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Ricardo, so he's been hanging out in California. Uh, mm. I think for a lot of this summer break. And uh, he's finally gone public with his new girlfriend, Heidi Berger. Is it Berger? It yeah, uh, yeah Gerard Berger. Berger's daughter. Daughter, yeah. yeah. Who's a 10-time Grand Prix winner, right? Yep. Yep. Used to race for Ferrari. A few other teams as well. Yeah. And apparently they've been dating since 2019. He's kept it under wraps, hasn't he? Really kept under yeah. wraps. So it's not until now that he's finally put her up on Instagram. Mm. Um, so he's a quite a private guy. Maybe he's just trying to take the shine off all the other t- like all the other light all the that's other on him with this contract yeah. situation yeah probably it's like what can I put out there to 
make people talk about me in a different way. Distract everybody yeah. <laughs> from what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Interest, it is interesting timing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> a funny thing that I found out about, um, which is quite relevant at the moment, because um, everyone's talking about him, Andrew Tate. You guys oh, know the, oh. the misogynist Romanian yep. that um, has been going bonkers on social media. He sucks. And has been recently cancelled. Yeah, what a dickhead. And removed. Apparently, in a video, he claimed that he could easily win if he got put in an F1 car. And you know what I say to that? I'd love to see it. Let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> put him in that car, let his ego squander and never see him again. Yeah, that, that should, that'd be a fitting farewell. Just mm. getting his ass handed to him yeah. and then just going off into the distance. If he could like, start it, I'd be impressed. Yeah, what, a, like, what an <laughs> egotistical comment to make, honestly. Yeah, honestly, just a piece of shit all around. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of potential pieces of shit, <laughs> Yuri Vips, um, who made that racist... That's the best segue we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> Yuri Vips, right, had his racist remark. He was playing COD yeah. and got a little bit... Um, kind of forgot he was streaming mm. and um, said the N-word live on stream. Not great. Not great. Not a good move for him. He's uh, in the junior program at Red Bull. Yeah. Probably the worst thing that you could do. Pretty surprising that Red Bull didn't cut ties with him Completely. Together. They I kind thought of, they did. Nah, so they, 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 they've they, still got like a string left they kind attached of, to the backside. Yeah, they demoted him very quickly after it all came out. Mm, he um, was their test driver. He was their test driver and reserve driver. Um, but then it sort of came to pass a few weeks later that he still had some Red Bull backing and he was kind yeah. of a bit... They're still sending him cases yeah. of Red Bull every month. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> well, he's still yeah. getting podiums in, in Formula 2. Yeah. Okay. He's, um, so he's still competing. He's still driving. Mm. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the time comes if he ever gets into F1 or if he's going to have to branch out into a yeah. less Another prestigious sort of sport. sport. Yeah. yeah. So if you were looking after the PR of Red Bull Racing, what mm. would have you done? Would have you completely sacked him? What like If you were making the decisions, what would you have done? I mean, to be honest, yeah, probably. He probably would have gone and been sacked completely. Yeah. I think... Um, to be, uh, to be honest, it was quite surprising that he wasn't, especially considering he's not like a super talent. Mm. Like if that had been, I mean, it's, it's a weird thing to kind of hypothesize about, but if that had been someone like Verstappen coming uh, up it's funny and he had up. been in the exact same position, what yep. would they have done then? Because that's yeah. like a generational talent. Yeah. Exactly. Let's and hold on that point because yeah. I wanted to bring this up with Verstappen. So um, a reporter was talking to Helmut Marco about mm. this, this whole situation and the reporter said um, a few years ago, Verstappen called Lance Stroll a mongo on pit radio. Mm. At that time, Red Bull supported him despite critical media reports. Yeah. What is different with Verstappen than with Vips? Obviously, it's it's a different type of remark. It's yeah. Vips is racist. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Marco came back and said, "You can't compare that." Fair enough. It is also about the whole development of the two as a personality. Max has repeatedly shown a clear edge on such topics. I don't really know what he, he sort of means there, but... Yeah, Max kind of steers clear of most sort of political or grey area topics, to be honest. I think yeah. probably having learnt his mistake. Yeah, but um, if it's it, controversial, just yeah, exactly. stay out. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you've also, also got to remember who's, who's giving that opinion. It's like Helmut Marco. He's yeah, not exactly most someone biased, who... He's almost as biased as you guys. Yeah, Max, <laughs> Max is his pet. What's he going to say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, getting called a mongo, like, come on. It's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, to, to go back to Vips, it's just... I think he should consider himself very, very lucky that he wasn't completely cast, cast out by the Red Bull Absolutely. Kind of family or crew or team or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, don't think, I don't think it will necessarily hinder his career. He's still likely to get drives elsewhere. I don't think he's going to get to F1 anyway. 
if we're, if we're being quite yeah. frank. I, yeah, I'm, I'm. in my opinion, I don't think he Did will. Did you think he was going to before this happened? or Not really, no. Yeah. And I think mm. now just the negative publicity associated with it as well, it's kind of like it, it's two wrongs. Like, Yeah, he's kind yeah. of sealed his own fate there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if he goes into another form of motorsport and kills it Yeah, because he does have some ability there. Yeah. But yeah, I can't see him coming into the sport already having that controversy. Mm. Um, like, I mean, we saw... Mazepin like, was probably Ma- the Yeah, Mazepin, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like, yeah, they couldn't get rid of him quick enough once yeah. the money ran out. It was like, see you later. Like, you're just not a good bloke. And he came in tainted as well. Yeah. And like, Mazepin already had the pay driver issue. He already, he then had his various off-track controversies. It's yeah, like, yeah, everybody, yeah. the second he got in, were like, when the fuck are you getting out? Exactly. Yeah. And it'd be a little bit like that with Vips. Slightly different scenario in that he's actually a good driver and he's got Red Bull backing and it's quite serious, but yeah. you're always going to have that that asterisk alongside you. It makes you think like you got to really have everything going for you to get into F1, both on the mm. public side in terms of how the public see Absolutely, you yeah. and then everything yeah. behind closed doors in terms of your performance and, and how the team see you. Yeah. And you need both of those aligned to align perfectly mm. um, for, for it to happen. And Speaking of people coming to F1, obviously the big topic of the summer break was the whole Piastri fiasco. Yeah, it's um, still ongoing. It <laughs> was yep. boiling like three weeks ago and it is still boiling because we've, it's been radio silence from Alpine um, and Piastri himself, which is crazy. So before we dive in, I kind of want to just recap mm. what happened because it has been three weeks. Mm. So I think it was on the, the 29th of July... July or June? God, I can't July. Remember. July, yeah, yeah. when Vettel retired, right? Yep. Mm. And then Alonso... Made the Instagram, made the announcement. Made yep. the announcement, you know, quick on the tail, Alonso yep. re- uh, moves to Aston Martin, right? We kind of talked about that on the pod. Interesting move from him. It was very yep. quick. And then the whole Piastri thing with Alpine coming out saying they've got him. Mm. F1 actually posted on the Instagram yeah. saying yep. that, you know... The move is confirmed. Kind of what we all expected to happen straight It seemed after. like the natural yeah. step, yeah. right? It did yeah. seem like the natural step. And then, you know, Piastri coming straight out, literally just putting up a story and saying, you no. know, I never, I never <laughs> yeah. sign up for this. I'm not driving for you. And that was the end of it, yeah. right? I put up a TikTok basically saying, you know, it's confirmed that Piastri is moving to McLaren because mm. every single sort of media outlet in Australia was confirming this. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Um, so, from the sounds of it, it seems like it's confirmed, but it's not officially confirmed by Formula One. Mm. What do you guys, what's your sort of take on the whole situation? It looks like it's definitely on the cards. Um, I think the main, or what I think the main reason for the delay to be before anyone announces anything is um, there were whispers of Alpine taking Piastri to court um, for potential breaches of contract and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I think while that's getting sorted out, everyone's kind of like um, pumped the brakes with, mm. with making any further announcements. Mm. But that also puts Danny Rick's announcements and, and potential future moves in limbo as well. Yeah. Because, you know, if it goes through court and arbitration and whatever and they can't turn around and say, well, well, no, Oscar can't move, McLaren are then kind of stuck with Danny Rick mm. in, in a situation where... And Alpine are kind of already like stuck with Piastri too. If I was Alpine, like... I wouldn't hold on to Piastri now because he he's obviously made it doesn't, very clear. He's yeah. made it very clear he doesn't want to go there. Yeah. If he does go there, he's not going to have a good attitude because no. he's like, I didn't want to be here in the and first And the team place. will know that he publicly stated he doesn't want to drive for them. Yeah. And, you know. And oh, it's such a shame because I was really looking forward to this 
Piastri move, right? Mm. And in a competitive car too. In a competitive yeah. car, he yeah. had everything. Like we were just saying before, he had everything on his side. He had the the public favor. You know, he was getting mm. shown on TV a lot. People yeah, were talking yeah, yeah. about him. Yeah, he had options, right? And he sort of shot himself in the foot, and it, it's starting to seem like the Australians just know how to bottle their careers. You know, yeah. So. I sin- I sincerely hope he hasn't. I don't know, kind of tarnished his name already mm. before he's even been in the seat or yeah. in a seat. He's never turned a wheel and he's already kind of rejected two teams like, you know, Alpine officially, Williams unofficially, now negotiating with McLaren who have two drivers in contract and like a million IndyCar drivers linked yeah. in the seat as well. Yeah. Like he's already up to his third yeah. team without even being in a seat yet. Yeah. yeah. And Crazy. it's just it's just nuts. I also like, I can understand why he's done what he's done, but at the same time, I don't. I understand that pre-Seb announcing his retirement, Alpine were looking at extending Alonso's contract. Mm. So if you're Oscar in that situation, you're going, well, Ocon's cemented for a couple of years. They're looking at extending Alonso. I'm not going to get a drive here. I'm going to shop yeah. around. I can completely see that fair play. Um, but then Alonso goes, well, see you later. I'm out of here. Um, Aston Martin's going to give me more money and more years in the sport. So I'm out, yeah. which makes sense for him. It does make sense mm. for him, right? If you're Oscar then... Do you still shop around or do you take what looks to be the best of the rest car? Well, this is where I think the whole timing question comes into it because apparently McLaren were in talks with Piastri before Vettel announced his retirement. Yeah. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. That's, that's the key point, I think. So, I think from the 1st of August, he was free to talk to other teams yeah, and okay. engage in a, in a pre-contract with other teams. Yeah. So, he's already talked to McLaren before any of this stuff goes down. And for him to backtrack away from McLaren, back to Alpine. Probably not a good move for him at the time. Mm. Yeah. But then it just sort of crumbled anyway, so... I'd, I'd really yeah. I'd really hate for it to pan out that he commits to McLaren and then they bring someone else in and he just ends up as as a reserve driver for them anyway. Oh, yeah. God. That's, that's the don't, absolute don't think about nightmare that. scenario. Like, what if they bring one of their indie guys in? Yeah. Um, Pato O'Ward or someone yeah. of the like. Yeah. And he's just stuck being a reserve driver again yeah. when he could have had one of two other seats. Yeah. And I think another reason for the big silence over the last few weeks too is that people forgetting McLaren still have the Danny Rick problem. Like yeah. it's all well still and good. If they, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they've signed Piastri, it's all well and good, but they've still got three drivers going for two seats. Yeah. And paying off Danny Rick in the third year of his contract is not as easy as it sounds. Like there's a lot involved with that. 100%. You know, uh, the most recent example would be Raikkonen in, in, uh, from Ferrari in 2009. Like they paid rumoured to be 50 million Australian mm. to get rid of him and he wasn't allowed to drive an F1 the year yeah. after. They paid him, yeah, they paid him to sit out for yeah. a year while they, they brought Alonso in a year early. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, Danny, I'm sure, is looking around and he's seeing a couple of open options and if he is negotiating with McLaren, he's probably thinking, okay, I'd love the payout. If, if you're going to get rid of me, okay, yeah. pay me writing's out. on the wall, <laughs> pay me out, pay me my money, but I want to be able to take one of those attractive seats. I don't want to have to sit on the sideline Absolutely for a year. Not. to. Yeah. yeah. He's still hungry. He still wants to race. I think, so I heard rumors that he's asking for around twenty-two to twenty-three million dollar yeah. payout. If I was Ricardo, take let's say McLaren accept that offer, mm. twenty-two million dollar payout, and I go to Alpine, that is the biggest, the biggest win. win for him. <laughs> yeah. Like he was looking into the barrel, he was not going to have a seat in F one. There were no openings, and now there's this potential that he could get massively paid out. Yeah. and go to a team that he succeeded at yeah. massively. And, and is currently better. And like I said, yeah, it's a competitive yeah. team. Yeah. And would probably pay him a decent 
salary as well. Like yeah. it's not like he's going to go and drive there for free. Yeah. Mm. And one little detail as well that I thought was quite interesting was that if Piastri was taking Danny Rick's seat, that is just seems a bit fishy to me. Like I couldn't see Piastri being a good move for him to just go and take Danny Rick's seat. And like backstab his fellow Aussie. Yeah. He's like, look at there me. Must I'm have the been, only I reckon <laughs> if he was going to do that, there must have been some chat between Piastri and Ricardo. Yeah. About mm. what was going on, being like, I'm going to take his seat. Yeah. And Ricardo being like, well, I'll go then take the Alpine seat because if Piastri backstabbed Danny, Danny would not be happy about that. Absolutely not. And and Piastri definitely knew about the Alonso moves beforehand. I think that's pretty much all but confirmed because Weber is his manager. Flavio Briatore is Weber's ex-manager and Flavio right. Briatore is also Alonso's manager. Yeah. So there's a nice, neat little circle uh, there. Of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Chess, eh? yeah exactly. <laughs> and the more you think about it, the more the big winner out of this is Alonso. He's the guy that didn't 100%. delay, got in there, took the available well-paid seat at a decent team. Hmm. With hindsight, if Danny Rick had known this was all coming, like Aston was probably a pretty good home for him. Yeah. And Aston would have loved to have a driver of his calibre there. 100%. Mm. And that's kind of that kind of made a bit more sense. It wouldn't have involved the awkwardness of like going back to an Alpine. Now it's just a big mess. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Mm. It's going to be interesting, and we're going to be, we're about to see it all play out. Yeah. I think once the season sort of kicks off again. Yeah. I heard one more little whisper that um, Mick Schumacher might be in line for that Alpine seat. Yeah, mm. and Giovinazzi is floating around as well. Again. Yeah, Jesus returning. Yeah. Mm. So is this Mick Schumacher talk? Is this Mick not happy with? being at Haas or is this um, Gunter Steiner thinking that he wants to get rid of Mick? Well, I mean, he's cost him a lot of money. Mm. He has, but he's sort of proven himself recently that he's put, he's putting in good results finally. Uh, he's had two good races. Yeah, look. yeah, you don't believe in him? <laughs> everyone's everyone's ready to jump on that hype train so hard when he yeah. strings together a decent like return of results, but like he's had a competitive car now for half a season and he's scored points twice like Ale said yeah. you know Magnussen was out of the out of but the car for the a year you say the same about Alonso like he's yeah. you know had the same sort of luck yeah but Alonso's got the skill. Alonso's a proven product yeah like yeah. you know even at the age that he's at now Mick Mick still has everything to prove and in some ways I would I'd rate him if he pulls it off like if he managed to pull off getting across the Alpine broke his Ferrari tyres and really like stepped out and became his, did his own thing like fair play to him but um yeah. I know. I just if I was going to Steiner, like Mick Schumacher is such an asset. Mm. On the off chance that he is, I don't even think it's an off chance. Mm. On a good chance that he is a good driver. Yeah, and that he is, is a good driver. A like, marketing dream having yeah. Michael Schumacher's son yeah. who's a good driver, like driving for your team. Absolutely. Mm. So I wouldn't be quick to get rid of him if I was Gunter. But if he does go, would you would you put him? Would you replace him with Danny Rick if he's available? No, I would. Like that just seems like such a bad move for me as a Haas director. Like. You're replacing potential young talent with old, slowly rusting yeah, talent. Yeah, two old guys. <laughs> yeah. See, the, the ideal one there, and again, it's kind of similar to the Alpine situation, would be if you found a way to get Danny Rick and Mick Schumacher in the Haas team. Yeah. But I mean, that's pretty harsh on Magnussen, who's actually had yeah. a pretty decent season. It is, yeah. But similar to like how Alpine, in hindsight, would have loved Alonso and Piastri, like Mick and Danny Rick would have been a great team for us. You know, 100%. they get all the marketability and the fame and the, the prestige of someone like Danny Rick coming into that team, race-winning driver. And then obviously the, the future hope of someone like Mick that could still pay out big time and the fame that his surname brings. Mm. Like you said, um, if they could pull that off, masterstroke. I don't think it's likely. 100%. Yeah. 
and the other whisper, there's so many whispers going on, it's pretty much it's screaming, but Jovanazzi. So he's been <laughs> confirmed to be going into practice sessions, yeah, I think, in the USGP and Monza. Yeah. Mm. There's whispers that maybe they're testing him to potentially take mixed seat. Mm. Don't really see that happening. Giovinazzi is a bit of a, I don't know, Hulkenberg to me. Like yeah, he's one of he's one line. of those guys that's already kind of had his time and not really yeah. done anything with it. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, Albon found a way back, and I don't really think he's particularly good. Yeah. Um, but he's at Williams. Yeah, I know. But like, you know, yeah. stranger things have happened. Mm. Um, as much as I can see it happening, I also can't see it happening. Yeah, and it doesn't excite anybody. No, let's be real. Like, it's, no. like yeah. you said, Giovinazzi's had his time. He's, yeah. Yeah. If he got he another shot really, of it, yeah. he wasn't much of a character. Yeah. The only thing you sort of heard out of his mouth is a bit of a bubbly boopy every like yeah. you know. <laughs> other than every having, weekend or so, and that yeah. was about it. Other than having the best hair on the grid, like what else did he have going for him? Not much. Yeah, yeah. that's about it. Yeah. He'd be a good model for F one, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. As a third driver Ferrari, he works. Like, because he's like the Italian. He's got the hair. He's yeah. got the name. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't trust him driving the car. Like, no way. No. <laughs> Speaking of names that actually mean something other than Giovinazzi, Porsche. So Ooh. this storyline's a continuing You'd be frothing one. to this one, Dan. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this storyline. closer line. and closer, huh? It is. It is. And the recent uh, thing that's come out is, you know, just the fact that it's like the worst kept secret in F1. <laughs> yeah. The fact that they're, they're joining. Um, the latest one was them um, putting in a claim or whatever, signing a thing for a trademark mm. for... Finally, but with F1, so yeah. F1 nearly. It's like a hashtag or something, yeah. It's like a hashtag yeah. or a trademark or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I guess trademarks are public, and yeah, everyone found true. out about it. So yeah, and I think the other the other big one was the 2026 engine regulations being released that sort of tailor made exactly what Porsche VW Group said that they wanted yeah. from the engine spec. Very aligned with Porsche's demands. Yeah, yeah. funny that. Yeah. And, Can I just um, say I was talking to a friend about these 2026, you know eco whatever bullshit i think it's just a load of marketing crap to be honest like mm. yes you know they're gonna be net zero but like you see what all these companies are doing around the world with net zero it's literally again just sort of like polishing a turd like you're sort of releasing this the same amount of carbon yeah and then you're just buying it back it's an there's an element of sports washing that's for sure yeah 100 it's all yeah. about the the look that yeah. you're sort of going towards net zero and and all of that. And I'm sure it, it is going in a good direction, but I'll, I'll believe it when I see it about this sort of synthetic fuel and, and the mm. power. Like, they're meant to bring the same amount of power, horsepower to these cars. I just hope it doesn't become a, a second Formula E. Yeah. Yeah, it needs to stand apart from that. Yeah. Yeah. And look, it'd be nice, like, I think we raised it a couple of weeks ago as well. If you're going synthetic fuel, like Vettel showed at Silverstone, you can run a screaming old naturally aspirated engine on, on synthetic fuel. Yeah. Like, can we get some good noise, please? Yeah, can, can <laughs> they can they bring those back? Imagine bringing back like a V8 or a V10 and a lightweight Formula One car. Like, oh, yeah. that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Would. I'd be on board with like lightweight screaming Porsche engines back mm. in Formula One. Yeah. Just yes. way more yes, sustainable please. fuel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You know what I can't wait with this whole Porsche thing is there is no doubt when they get into F1, they're going to release some sort of like F1 mm. GT3 RS edition oh. or something yeah. along those lines yeah. or just like a whole new model yeah like maybe a new sort of 918 hypercar or something that is inspired by f1 yeah designed by adrian newey in conjunction with porsche or something like that uses this synthetic fuel it's a road car like oh i'm excited for that and hopefully i'll have enough cash by then to buy it 
That's, that's the plan. <laughs> as long as you pick us up, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah which one of us gets to go first? Because I'm guessing know. it's going to be a two-seater. So. I don't know. The first one to become a Red Bull fan. Yeah. Oh. Gets, gets to drive it first. <laughs> You'd be driving solo, mate. Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not jumping in that car. Yeah. Um, so, looking ahead to the triple header. We've got Spa this weekend, which is one of my favourite races on the calendar. Yeah, here, here. Um, obviously, there's been talks that it's going to get ejected from the calendar. Just what do you guys think? Ridiculous, honestly. Sad, isn't it? Ridiculous. I don't, I don't think I've heard anyone who's for this, mm. you know, I, I get removing it from the calendar. Like, I can understand the, the reasoning why in that they want to, like, F1's been bought out by an American company and they want to, like, have every race at really spectacular locations around the world. And, yeah. and Spa in itself, aside from the ra- racetrack, that's it's kind of it. Like, it's, it's, it's in the middle of Belgium. It's not really, you know, it's, it's not like a, uh, a Vegas that they're going to bring in next year in terms of, like, it's, it's a hotspot, a travel destination, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, Track-wise, it's Spa. It's one of the most brilliant tracks that's loved by both fans and drivers in the sport. That yeah. they can actually race on. Yeah. Like, that people forgetting. You can't... You're not going to be able to race on these street tracks wheel to wheel. No. You're going to get good racing at Spa. Yeah, and I think you got to... You know, at some point, you've got to sacrifice maybe a bit of fan income. Yeah. As in, like, attendance and marketing and all that to just give a good race. To have good races. With a classic track. Mm. You know, I, it, you can't have an F1 calendar without Spa. Yeah. I, I just, I really do think that. It's just madness. It's and it's always guaranteed to have a bit of a, a bit of spice weather-wise. Mm. Yeah. Um, what was it last year? They, wasn't they binned it delayed it. for like... A little, oh, yeah. little bit too much spice last yeah, year. Yeah, a bit, yeah. bit less spice, <laughs> down on spice, a bit more racing, then we're good. Yeah. Can I just say that last year when... Because I don't know about you guys, but I watched the whole broadcast. Yeah. You know, when it was delayed. And you're just sitting there cooking. You're just sitting like, there cooking. Someone do something. I just yeah. couldn't believe, like, for Crofty and the Sky Sports team to talk the yeah. whole time yeah. about nothing. Yeah. Like oh, mainly George Russell. George Russell, yeah. Making shit out of their ass. Yeah. What, what was going on with George Russell? Because he qualified second. So technically, that was his first podium. That was his first podium. Uh, yeah. He right, never turned yeah. a wheel and he gets a podium. Two laps under the safety car and he got a podium. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, unbelievable <laughs> techers from the boys at Sky Sports to I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't talk for four hours no way. about nothing. No way. But um, yeah, cool. Could talk about like Ferrari for four hours and yeah. they give yeah. you plenty to talk about. 100%. Let's be fair. After the Especially first half an hour, we'd be crying. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Still um, talking. Though. I don't know if you guys heard this, but apparently they've banned alcohol and fireworks for this weekend. From Belgium? From Spa, yeah. Why? I don't know why. Maybe it just gets really rowdy. It is um, quite close for like Max's fans. So they do get a lot of the Dutch coming across the border yeah. to watch that race. So And it leads into the Dutch And the Dutch too. are saucy. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> making a bit of a name for themselves for causing havoc trackside. F1 yeah. hooligans. Yeah. There was a bit of havoc that went on at... Um, what was the last race where they were all at? Oh, Hungary. Hungary. Yeah, yeah. There was a few... Austria as well. things that went on, I think. Yeah. So um, is, is that more of a knee-jerk reaction to the fan behavior in the last couple of races or is this like a Belgium specific thing? I'm not too sure to be honest. Me but the, my first thought was it just sort of reminds me of Bathurst when <laughs> they they made, they made came up with the alcohol ban and people started like burying cases of beer mm. like yeah, a week or yeah, two yeah. before the race. Yeah. And even now you're allowed like I think at Bathurst you're allowed like 24 cans mm. for a race and people still bury extra yeah. cases. Nowhere near enough beer mate. Nowhere near <laughs> it's enough. Not enough. <laughs> 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 um, cans of beer on you. <laughs> um, Probably a side note too is like Europe obviously had the heat wave. I wouldn't want to set off a firework in like a really dry forest next to true. Spa. 
that <laughs> in is the middle true. of a heat wave. No, that, wouldn't be good. That, that could end very poorly. Yeah. But um, they've actually they've revamped the track. There's some uh, oh, really? photo, yeah. There's some photos floating around that they they opened up a few gravel traps and um, they've changed the layout of a, or not. They haven't changed the layout of the track, but they've they've increased runoff. They've added gravel traps. They've changed a few curbs around to try and make it a bit safer as you come sort of over the top of Eau Rouge and yeah. um and Radion. But um, yeah, it, like it would be a shame if they did all that work to the yeah. circuit for then to drop off the on calendar. I was just going to ask. On top of that, do you think the reason why they've put all that work in, similar to how they revamped Melbourne for the first time ever, yeah, is to sort of guarantee its spot on the calendar for the next few Probably, years? Yeah. yeah, it's like hey, we've just like invested all this money into it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And just like thinking about this as a triple header as well, like mm. Spa, Zandvoort, and Monza. That's probably three of the best three races. Three of the hottest races. Hundred percent. Yeah. That like if you were in Europe. And Arlo, you're probably going to like cry because you're not there right now yep. and you're pretty close to it. But you could have bounced between like Belgium, um, the Netherlands, Netherlands, and then Italy back to back three weeks three in weeks. a row yeah. and gotten three mad races. Like, yeah. And it's not just the tracks, it's the crowds. That yeah. Make those th- races so Three good, completely right? different crowds, awesome tracks, awesome races. Like, yeah. why would you want to lose that? No. 100%. We're going to have a lot to talk about in the next few weeks, Absolutely. which I'm really yeah. excited for. Yeah. So can't wait for that. Before we finish the pod, um, I want to play a little game. We're going to keep score of this Here over the go. next three weeks. Alrighty. All right. We haven't been that good at it over the course of <laughs> and history of this podcast in terms of predictions, but I thought it'd be fun. I'm going to wager my Leclerc signed Leclerc poster. Oof. It's it's pretty hard to get this, but it's a good incentive, right? If you can guess all three podiums correctly. In order. All three drivers as well? All three drivers. Oh, jeez. Which is pretty much close to impossible. Yeah, because we're going to go nine for nine then. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I, will, I will give you my Leclerc poster, oh, which, man. trust me, I do not want to give that away. And right. I can't pick Ferrari to win all three races because yeah. it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... You go first, Arlo. You go first, No Arlo. pressure. All right, so we're just going to do what, Spa this week? Yeah. Let's go Spa, yeah. Okay. Our producer's going to write this down because this is, yeah, we're going mm. three, six, are we Are we drivers. predicting all three races tonight? Yes, tonight. Oh, oh tonight. Shit. Okay. Um, Spa, I will go... Actually, okay, that's a bit, that's a bit cooked, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say bloody hell. <laughs> all right, so we'll go, we'll go podcast every week leading up to the race. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll go Spa this week. We'll keep a tally. Yeah. All right, done. All right, mm. Spa this week. Oh, as much as it pains me to say it, Max, then Charles, then Lewis. I think Lewis is going to keep his uh, mm. strong podium form through the break and, and into this race. Okay. Especially if he gets wet too. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I mean, Max is the obvious one, but I've learned the hard way for betting against my own team. Yeah. I'm not going to bring like that kind of that mockery onto it. So I will say Charles. It's unlikely, but I'll say it. Um, and maybe he can come through with the goods and he can win me this poster. So we'll see. He yeah, could, he could do the right thing for me. So we'll say Charles, we'll say Max, and... Um, hmm. Don't say George. No, I, I, can't, I can't say George. <laughs> I was just thinking it. I'm like, I can't, I can't be like mocking him the whole podcast and then say George <laughs> for the podium. podium yeah. yeah. I'll say Perez. Perez? Perez needs a good result. Yeah. yeah. Before I say mine, is there any incentive for me to get... All three, right? Like, what can you, you get to me? keep the poster? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got it anyway, right now. So it's not much of an incentive. Uh, if you get the next three podiums one hundred percent correct, yeah, uh, we'll take you out for a night of go karting and beers. All right, done. 
We should do that anyway. We should do it anyway. Yeah. All right. I'll go Max first. And I'm going to go Lewis second, Charles third. Okay. So we've, we've each... Oh no, I'm the only one that hasn't put a Mercedes on the podium. Yeah. Uh, that's prob- yeah. It's probably going to be like a Mercedes 1-2 now. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll uh, we'll find out this weekend. It's on at a good time, 11pm for us Aussies in the eastern time zones. But mm. um, we'll catch you guys next week when we lead up to Zanvoort. Fantastic. Yeah. Good to be back. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back. Catch you next week. See you guys.